0: Likes daily dip. Today we take a dip into the musical legacy that is the Tall Dwarfs. The duo that is Chris Knox and Alec Bathgate have been making music together since 1977. Now Merge Records is about to release Unraveled 1981 to 2002. It's a 4 LP box set complete with a bonus booklet. The songs on Unraveled were curated by Alec Bathgate, who also designed the box set packaging. Here's Alec now to tell us more about this highly anticipated piece of Kiwi music history. Louis likes his daily dip. So tell me uh, how this whole box set thing started. Uh, uh, Because it's a pretty big deal uh, coming from Merge and all that. Yeah. You know. The
1: the Merge connection happened through instagram so i started an instagram page a couple of years ago right. and i saw that uh, matt McCowan, who's in the band super chunk and also one of the owners of Merge, yep. was following my instagram page um and around about that same time um alexander turbo library had started their flying nun project i don't know if you were Aware of that, so a little bit, yeah, yeah, so they're, vaguely. Yeah, um, collecting tapes from various blind bands and archiving them, preserving them, doing high-res digital transfers from the tapes. So, right, they had taken all our Chris had kept all our recordings, all our master tapes. So they went to the library and they, they started this process of digitizing everything. So. I had access to all those files. So yeah. and then the other thing that happened was the last year Flying Nun had their 40th anniversary and the Christchurch Art Gallery uh, did an exhibition called House of Popping, the Art of Flying Nun. Um, and I because I work as a graphic designer. In my day job, I designed the catalogue, the exhibition and also some of my artwork and Chris's artwork was in that exhibition. So I been through this process of um, kind of digging out old, old artwork. And I think too, because I was doing this Instagram page, I'd started sort of delving back in to my archive and just finding old photos and posters and things. So, so I guess all, all these things kind of were sort of happening in parallel. Uh, but yeah, I contacted Matt around the idea of doing a Tall dwarf box set. Uh said previously done one for the claim. Um Right. And I thought it'd be really nice to, to do a tall dwarf version of that. So um yeah, that was kinda of how it all began.
0: Very cool, very cool. So it's it seems almost uh I don't sure Having all this stuff digitized, because we all know how it started. It was very on digital yeah. <laughs> very lo-fi, very yeah.
1: analog. Yeah. Um, it was really important to me that the, the vinyl pressing sounded good. Um, yep. And so I went through, well, I guess kind of managed the process of having, sequencing the tracks for the box set, having them mastered, and then having test pressings done from the pressing plant in, in the us so right. know, i've been kind of carefully checking thing everything along the way because i just like i'm a record collector and i know that often with modern pressings you can they can be quite disappointing i yeah. think that, yep yes but but miss these days so i it was very important to me that the the record sound sound good so uh and what
0: kind of things are you listening for in the test pricing
1: uh just just good quality pressing. so just kind of low um you know no no yeah just a nice um quiet pressing flat right. vinyl um yeah no clicks or pops because that stuff is gotcha. Gotcha. distracting i think um yep yeah so i've been pretty careful with that to make sure. So the package is four LPs and a, and a nice big booklet. Yeah, so there's a slip case, um, there's two double gatefold sleeves. Right. Um, and a 20 page booklet, the, the two sleeves. That you put together, right? Sorry. I, you, you put yeah, the you know, booklet I, together? Yeah, I did the design, the packaging for it. Um, and, it's very well. One of the things that sort of came out of doing the Flying in exhibition was just a lot of the work in that exhibition was from the 80s and predated um, computers being used for, yeah. for design. And there was a really lovely quality to those well, those early record sleeves because a lot of them were hand drawn. Sure. Um, and kind of just the cut and paste technique. Um, and it just kind of made me aware of, you know, how how the, the look of things had changed in, in the age of um, yeah. computers being used, and I just and, and because a lot of the Tordorf's early records were done in that era, I, I wanted the packaging uh, to kind of capture some of that that feel because I thought that will feel very kind of authentic and true. To tooled off so um it's a lot of the stuff i I did did by hand um and yeah i mean there was the one level i kind of had had to design what it looked like but there was also just sourcing a lot of the old posters and um right photographs and
0: getting stuff. so did you have a concept in mind or are you just trying to find all the stuff and get as much in there as you can? How did you approach yeah, it? Yeah. Cause it, you must have tons of
1: stuff. Yes. Yeah, right? so so 30 plus years of, or whatever yeah, it is. Of, I, I've uh, got boxes in my attic because <laughs> I just kept stuff, kept everything, um, like posters and what have you. And so yeah. I did quite a lot of photography, photography, black and white photography back then. So I had, I had negatives of, um, uh, stuff that had been shot um it was kind of yeah I, I i think there was a point where i was kind of wondering if i had taken on too much because initially it just seemed like a really good idea but then it's yeah. the kind of reality we actually start putting it together um and also i had deadlines to work to because oh yeah um so there's a there's a a kind of global backlog with getting vinyl pressed. Right. Yeah, I've been hearing all about that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so before I'd even I, very early on, Merge had booked in the pressing of the albums, um so I was kind of working to this deadline of getting everything to them, and um, then the same yep. later with the with all the print stuff. um and yeah initially i mean this is kind of typical of my process of graphic design but i started off and didn't really know what i was going to do and didn't like anything i did initially but anyway yeah, i just kept working away <laughs> at it and, and over time it started to come together um and I, mean, I was lucky i had i had a lot to draw on because i could go back to our old artwork um yeah. So actually, the, the cover for the slipcase, which is kind of black and white, sort of op pattern, is something that Chris had created for Bear Records way way back. So I re- repurposed that. Um, yeah. So it's a long process. I I think I've been working on it for it's well over a year, um, yeah. kind of in, in conjunction conjunction with doing my my day job. Uh, right <laughs> of course yeah, yeah. i've got I mean, I'm, pl- I'm pleased i've done it but it, it was there's a lot more to it than it's i had anticipated yeah. but i hope that that for somebody buying the, the box set they'll kind of appreciate yeah i'm sure the time, they will. <laughs> time that's gone into it because I, I wanted it to be something special because i kind of thought it was kind of a one-off thing i kind of imagine get a chance to do something like this again. And it's, it'll probably be the only um, kind of physical taught off object, I think. So in conjunction with announcing this, we've put all our our whole back catalogues now available on on streaming sites. So my mindset was that um, somebody just wants the box set, then that gives them yeah, you know, there's still a lot on there, there's 55 songs. Um, but if they want more, then everything else is, is available to hear. Right, right, right. Yeah.
0: So f- for you, what was it like emotionally, yeah. personally, going through all that stuff? I mean, you know, that's, that's all. Yeah.
1: I- not. it was fine. It was fine, but it was it's quite weird sort of being immersed <laughs> in the yeah. past in that way because um but the earliest stuff is you know it's 40 years ago so it's, it's a yeah. long time and in the most recent it's 20 years ago and that's it, quite a long time ago so and yep yeah you know, so and so i'm looking at all these photos of chris and i as as, <laughs> as young men um so yeah so you do kind of reflect quite a bit on that. So it, yeah, I, and I hadn't really anticipated that, but it was kind of a bit of a, an emotional journey. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And did you spend much time
1: revisiting the music at the same mm-hmm. time? Yeah. Well, I had to listen to everything and I, I, hadn't done that for a long time. Um, and really, so I had been doing this, um, there's a bi- biography being written about Chris's life. And right. I'd been doing interviews for that. And that was sort of the prompt to actually go back and listen to our recordings. Right. I was having to talk through all those different records. And I, and I hadn't listened to them for a long time. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it was kind of a odd yeah. thing. I felt kind of resistant to it initially. But then the more I listened, I'd started... To really enjoy it and then and then when i went got to the stage of um kind of condensing it down into the songs that are on the box set um i started to kind of started to kind of take this shape um and yeah i, I think i that so i think back when we were making those records i didn't really listen to them once we'd finished recording because you know kind of a bit over it and um (laughs) i but i I found that i've gone back and listened to these songs just out of (laughs) just for the enjoyment of it um yep 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 and and i think it's just because you know so much time's elapsed that i can hear it hear them differently right yeah did you hear anything like a whole different i think do you hear Do
0: you hear them differently now than you would have, say, twenty five years ago? Yeah, I
1: just think. Well, I, 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 re, I one thing I, that really um, was kind of just impressed by Chris, really. Um, yeah. By his singing and his, his delivery of the songs and his lyrics, which are amazing. I. Yeah. I, I guess I knew that back then although I feel like it just yeah. kind of took up for granted because um, it had to, you know we'd been together and the enemy and toy love um, prior to told off so i was just kind of used to being with him and the kind of experience of um, writing songs with him I don't know it was just I, I think you know, with hindsight, I look back and go, you know, it's quite amazing what he did. And I, in putting the box set together, uh, I had to transcribe the lyrics for the songs, and oh. I don't think I'd ever read them before. Like, I <laughs> and some of them are just so good, uh, and yeah, and, and I rec- and I can remember when we'd be working on things, and um. He never laboured over writing the lyrics there, or he would just sit down with a pen and paper and just just quickly. There was, yeah, there was no sort of you know rethinking or crafting them. He just wrote them and and they would sing them. um, And yeah, (laughs) Um, so so that yeah, I guess that gave me a bit of an appreciation of, and I think just. Just hearing, I I think we're kind of an odd band in that, just because of the way we worked, of just being two people. Yep. um, And you kept moving around. (laughs) uh, We either recorded in Auckland or Christchurch, and it was just dependent on who could could travel. So I'd go up and stay with Chris, and we'd often record at his house. But if he was down here. So for example, um, Louis likes his daily dip, which was, that was our second EP and the first one that came out of flying none. Um, Chris had come down with Doug hood to record the Dunedin double. Right. And so we kind of took advantage of that to, to do some recording ourselves. Um, sometimes we would play live and work some recording around that and, and often that right. would finance it because we didn't have any money and <laughs> if i had to get up to auckland i wouldn't have been able to afford an airfare so we would play and that would kind of cover the costs of travel and, you know, and buying some reels of tape
0: so what is it do you think that Kept the two of you working together all that time because I mean, both of you could have been working with anybody. Yeah, a massive scene going on. Yeah. Well, I think and we, you weren't even in the same place together. Yeah, yet
1: here. Um, I think we just liked each other. <laughs> <We're> good friends. <laughs> That's the best answer. Yeah, I think, I think that we would like seeing each other. I think we'd, like I mentioned, you know, we'd been in the enemy and toy together and we'd had those sure. years where. We were together all the time and seeing each other every day. Um, I think we really enjoyed the process of recording together. Um, right, because that was that was really enjoy- It was enjoyable to do that because um, because we just. It was just a matter of being together in the same place and, and then just working something up on the right. spot, um, and it, so, it's, right. so it's quite easy in, in that respect. That like we didn't like we, when we played in bands, um, you know, you had to kind of write your songs and then practice them and go out and play them yeah. live. Whereas with the taught-off approach, it was very spontaneous and really just kind of making something up on the spot. But that, right. that for us was quite exciting,
0: right? Because you you know you and, and did the did the work the the creative process change at all over the years? Did roles change or, really, or yeah. was it just very natural? No, I, I get the feeling you didn't overthink it.
1: No, we didn't and it just <laughs> it just pretty much we just carried on the way we started because we discovered when Chris first <laughs> got his for track that um, we could make music that we're really happy with very simply. And that's pretty much how, how we carried on.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. So is there stuff in the can that we haven't heard yet? Is there still more stuff out there or what's so. the status of the, of the legacy yeah. in the catalog?
1: I feel like that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> that's enough <laughs> without adding any more to it. Cause I, cause I think there's, I forget the exact number, but there's over 200 songs. Right. In the back catalog. And I know, it, there were, there were interesting things amongst the tapes of Chris's that went to the Alexander Turnbull Library, and I haven't sort of delved into that. I think I've, I've been so immersed in getting this box set together, and I decided when I was working on it not to... I, didn't want, I decided not to include any unreleased stuff, because I just... Right. Yeah, I just wanted to, be, to draw on from stuff that had actually been released we didn't have a lot of outtakes because generally the song you hear is the only version of the song because we were recording it as we did it so right right, right. so there's yep. <laughs> very few that a couple of things that we had a couple of goes at um i know there's some live stuff there was a reel of, of tall horse live from some time in the 80s and i remember cross at the time talking about releasing it, but I, I, haven't gone back and listened to it. So I don't know if it's kind right. of of for release or not. And I know it was kind of various kind of enemy and toy love stuff amongst his collection. So, so there could be a lot things that, that might, might appear.
0: Right, right. Yeah. So do you know, I'm, I assume you've had some kind of communication with Chris, what does he think of all this? Do you know,
1: um, I have. I haven't had as much communication as I'd like because of COVID and lockdown. Yeah, I would have been travelling up to see him while I was working on it. Um, but right, that was my plan, but but that never happened. So uh, I've shared stuff with him and and got positive response. So um, <laughs> that's good. I think. So my plan is, as so I haven't seen uh, the finished product yet, which I'm expecting. To receive those in the next few weeks so once, right
0: because uh, it's not being released till August, August but
1: I'm told I have copies in mid-July so, uh, cool. so my plan is to go up and take Chris's copies up and I'm hoping we might be able to sit and listen to some of it together hope he likes it I think I, I, I think it's yeah I'm, I'm happy with what I've put together I think it's, it's a pretty good idea of what we were about. Right. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. Cool. Cool. Mm. So once it's out and you've got this kind of out of this, your system, mm. you, you mentioned you have a, your, your day job yeah. musically, are you
1: doing anything else? Um, I'm not sure what I'm going to do. I, so I did a solo album two years ago called Phantom Dots, which was just um, an all instrumental album. Right. Um, which I realise is kind of niche. I mean, it's not going to appeal to everyone, <laughs> but I just kind of did it for my own enjoyment because it was fun to make. And um, I, so I reissued that on vinyl last year with my two other solo albums. Uh, and then I got kind of immersed in this Tordorf thing, so yeah, that's kind of kept me from from doing anything. So I yeah, I'm not really sure. I, yeah. I mean, I still play music all the time and I'm still, you know, completely, I mean, I've always just been obsessed by music, like I'm listening yeah. to music or reading about music. Um, It's kind of the only thing I'm interested in, if you have other hobbies or... There's, there's nothing else that I can do, really. That's that's gonna yep. be it for me. So
0: well, I mean, if you if you look back, I mean, you've got the enemy, you've got toy Love, the yeah. tall dwarfs. That you were all involved. You were involved in all of those things. Yeah. And I mean, to me, as an outsider, I moved here in '94. Mm-hmm. To me, that was the beginning of New Zealand music. No. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> I know there was stuff that happened yeah. before, and yeah. and some of that's great, but it feels like that was the beginning.
1: Yeah. Uh... Yeah, I think so. I grew up through the 60s and 70s, so I was starting to get interested in music and learning to play the guitar sort of in the early 70s. And yeah, I don't recall there being a lot happening musically in New Zealand at the time. There were a lot of cover bands, I mean, the exception, right? The split ends. Um, yeah, who yeah, you know, I was a huge fan when I was like. 15 or 16 around the time of Mental Notes. So, sure. play live a couple of times around then. So, and, and Chris, well, I found out, you know, Chris was also a huge fan that been to those same shows. So, um, yeah, they were quite an inspiration, I think, even though I don't know, I don't know if. There's kind of aspects of the tall books that, that I think kind of um, yeah, have some connection to the, the, those you know, early split ends. recordings. Right. I don't know if anyone else yeah. hears that. <laughs> um, <I> think, <laughs> yeah, maybe it's just the kind of general kind of weirdness. Um, that's one of the things that I liked about them at the time because New Zealand yeah. yeah. in the 70s was such a Kind of conservative place that, that, yeah, I can imagine they were just, you know, really stuck out as being something different.
0: I mean, when you guys did your thing, it must have just blown people away because, I mean, to be especially in that
1: perspective. <laughs> you know. I think. Well, it, <laughs> well it, I think that the enemy. I mean, that that period was really exciting for all of us, and yeah, well, because punk rock was happening. Yep. It was just a really exciting time and none of us had played in bands before. And so it's kinda of, it's kinda of thr- thrilling to be in the band and sure. You know, I was lucky to have met Chris because, you know, he was such a um, you know, such a strong personality and kinda of stage yep. persona <laughs> and, you know, huge confidence and kinda of energy. To make things happen. Um, yep. You know, like I recall. So the first time the enemy played was in November 1977. Um, we had been asked, and um, we'd only been together a few weeks, and we'd written a few songs. But I wasn't re- <laughs> I wasn't ready to go on stage yet. But we got offered this gig. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, sure we'll do it. And so. um, right. Uh, that was kind of very typical of him of just, you know, his sort of energy would kind of make things happen. Yeah, you know, like, so.
0: That's what punk rock's all about. Yeah. <laughs> just do it. Yeah, <laughs> Fantastic. Well, I can't wait to see when you actually when we actually have the box set in, in the four LPs and yeah. the booklet and we can I think it'll be, look at I
1: it. I think it'll be nice. I, I,
0: I'm sure yeah, it will be. Just, yeah.
1: I, yeah. I want it to be because as a collector myself, you know, it's really nice when you get something that's had had some care put into it. Yep, Um, yep. And I just thought, well, you know, it's kind of a one-off chance. Um, And I kind of wanted it to be part of the reason for approaching Merge was just to to get it out in the world. Yep, yep. Based in the US and, you know, they have really good distribution. And I thought it'll probably get to a lot of people that haven't heard of us. Yep. Yeah, yep. And I thought there was some worthiness in the music that it, you know, that it um, deserved to, to exist out in the wider world. Still finding an audience. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Well, it's funny. <laughs> and a new audience.
0: <laughs> I, well, yeah,
1: I kind of had this feeling like we were just going to fade into obscurity and disappear, so kind of... <laughs> Wanted to go, you know, this is, this is something here that's you know, hopefully good. worth having listened to. Yeah.
0: Yep. Well, thank you for spending time talking to me about it all. I can't wait oh, to, to hear it and see it. It's going to be oh, very cool. Yeah. And uh, yeah, hopefully Chris will like it when he sees it. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when he, he's, he's seen all the,
1: the artwork and he was really happy. Right. So, um, yeah, hope so. Yeah.
0: Very good. Mm. Alrighty. Well, thank you, and thank you uh, nice. we'll see yeah. you. Okay. You too. Bye bye. Bye bye.